Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it is a cold one out there today. If you're traveling down the highway, you want to make sure that you have a full tank of gas and you're paying attention in every direction. And I tell you what, we are without a doubt back in Iowa. We are getting a full-blown Iowa weather of about exactly what's going on. And matter of fact, my understanding is that just the cold is supposed to be so brutal that they're actually saying the high is supposed to be maybe 17 at the best. And then it just gets cooler uh, as we get out, go into Monday. But hey, it is Iowa. We're used to this kind of weather. And we are looking at February. We get through one last month. And I tell you what, March is on the way. And we can start staring and thinking spring is around the corner so that excites me knowing that we are well over halfway through our Iowa winter and just a uh, just a good time but maybe you're tra again traveling down the highway be safe today also to those of you on the way to church be safe as you travel and uh, what a great time to gather together as uh, the family of God and, and church and just enjoy fellowship and worship and also to hearing a good word I just pray that you travel safe today as well and as many of you say Mike, this is our Sunday morning. I just want to tell you so much how much I appreciate you being loyal. I just can't get over it at the multiple times. I'll go to different places and not necessarily do I know the person, but they'll recognize my voice and they'll ask me, are you that guy on Sunday morning? And I will, sometimes I'll say, hey, I hope that's good. And uh, obviously without, I've had yet to have a bad response, but I just, I just don't under, underestimate it and don't underappreciate. Thank you so much for joining us. But with that being said, we got a few things before we get started this morning. We got a few things that are coming up. Our next Warrior Breakfast is going to be this coming Saturday, February 4th at Lighthouse Church at 8 o'clock. Now, we were going at 7. We've moved the time up to 8 o'clock from 8 to 9. And I tell you what, it's a great food. Lighthouse Church in New Sharon from 8 to 9 o'clock. You and I miss it. It's a great time for men I encourage men to bring their sons. I also, too, it's a great time that you may not be able to get another man to church, but you can say, hey, would you join me for breakfast? And they will say yes. So I just encourage you to be a part of that. Just a great time. We'll have some great food. We'll give a great word and just be a great day for uh, morning for men. So you don't want to miss that. Again, that's coming up February 4th. And um, also, too, just remember, we send out devotionals six days a week, both for Vital Life and for Vital Men. My wife writes for Vital Life. It's both for men and women. Just a great word that she has. And just a nugget. It just She does a wonderful job. We also send out devotionals five days a week for men. You don't want to miss out on that as well. So I just encourage you to uh, one of those two places. You can go to vitalministries.org. Check that out and um, just check out all those that information. Also, too, like any other ministry, it takes funding for us to make it. So you know what? If you would be willing and you could help us out, it would be great. We trust the Lord in this. I'm not going to beg, plead, or borrow on any of this stuff. But if the, if you would be so inclined, you can go to vitalministry.org, check it out. You can find out where you can send out that donation, and we would greatly appreciate that as well. But just some good things as we head in to this next. It's hard to believe January is all but over, and we are started into February. And I'm excited for this year because I really believe that the Lord is really going to do some incredible things and create hope. Because I think it's been a little bit of struggle all these last few years as 
we've as what we've been going through. I just think good things are ahead. So I encourage you, stay encouraged, stay trusting God, keep your eyes focused on Him. Obviously, He's got this. Nothing's a surprise for Him. So with that being said, I'm hoping you are enjoying this teaching series. I know I sure am. This is living. Oftentimes, you can ask a person, how's it going? And they will often respond, living the dream. But here, I want to ask you the question. So what is living the dream? Or is it uh, pursuing your own interest, like success in business, success in marriage, or to make it just, in general, a success in life? Here's a quote by Stephen Covey in his terms of what success means. And this is what he says. If you carefully consider what you want to be said of you in the funeral experience, you will find your definition of success. That's a, that is kind of a, you know, you got to think about that a little bit. Here's the next one. This is one from uh, Winston Churchill. This is what he said. Success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Obviously, that is living uh, living or success by the world's standards. But in our journey with Christ, success looks altogether different. Jesus says this about success in John 17, 3. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, though only true God and Jesus Christ, whom who have sent. I believe in my own heart that this is living is to be a follower of Jesus Christ and to know his love for me in which I try to live that out and also with other people. This is living is going to, in my process, is giving up my own life, my own will, my success for the glory of God's kingdom in which I have found liberty, which is also found in the cross of Christ. That's what Paul's main focus was as we study this letter of Galatia to the Galatian church. Now again, those of you who are maybe the first time, Paul is a he's a church planter. He's planted a church in Galatia and that's modern day Turkey and there's struggles in the church and they're they're going through that and oftentimes we see that just in churches alone sometimes there is without struggles. But to keep their eyes on Jesus and the cross. That was his main theme. And by doing so, you will truly find within yourself freedom. But there was a struggle again in the church. The Judaizers wanted to bring in religion, Jewish law by doing, and so they bought it, brought in the bondage to the people who were, go, who were part of that church. And I believe that Jesus by no means went to the cross for our sins over religion. I'm going to say that again. By no means did Jesus Christ go to the cross because of religion and dying to our sins. He went to the cross so that our, our sins would be forgiven to take on the penalty so that we might have right relationship with him to get to the Father. I think that's why it's so difficult for the Jewish leader, for instance, Nicodemus, to understand when he met Jesus, that face-to-face conversation meeting with him. We find that account in John chapter 3. Jesus kept explaining to Nicodemus, that the law, keeping the law, wouldn't make him righteous, but it was to be born again in the spirit which you asked Jesus Christ to be forgiven of your sins. To believe Jesus is the Savior sent by God the Father himself. By doing so, we have relationship with Jesus and live a changed life. And when we die, we enter into the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you, but that is without a doubt liberating and also brings freedom to me in my own mind of how to live as a person of faith, a Christian as we call them today. Today I would like you to go invest some time in a study at what we're truly going through. We're going to look at 
Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to find this thing. We're only going to read the first seven verses this morning because it really is the same thing throughout chapter 4. And these words, that, like I shared with last week in chapter 3 and chapter 4, these words are intense. You can feel the emotion. You can feel the vibration that Paul is wanting to get out to that Galatian church to head them off. Matter of fact, if you go back to Galatians chapter 3, he opens up with this, starting with verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? Now, those are pretty some intense words. And I, I shared that. I, I speak at the Lighthouse Church on Sunday morning, and I shared that. How would that go over if I stood in front of you and said how foolish you are and that there is a, a evil demonic spirit cast over you? How would that go over? Not very well. But let's go back and jump into Galatians chapter 4, looking through verses 1 through 7. Now, this is what Paul says. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they are actually own everything their father have, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now, you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. I don't know about you, but those are encouraging words to me this morning. But let's kind of look at it. Let's kind of see how what all these first seven verses mean. And I've got some descriptions. So here's the first one. The child has the nature of the father and the slave does not. Now, what I mean by that is when we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes in to live in us. And by that happening, we take the divine nature of God. You might be saying, boy, that's heavy, and how is that possible? See, that actually happens the moment that we ask Jesus to be our Savior. We see things differently because of what the Holy Spirit does in our own lives. It's like all of a sudden a light actually comes on inside of you. Now what you once saw or what you once seen, it was actually being blinded. But now that you are a Christian, you've asked Jesus to be your Savior, all of a sudden the veil is pulled off and you see different. You see the world, you see the perspective of things differently. It says this in 2 Peter 1.4. It says, And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So, let's ask the question, what are the promises? The promises are this, the Word of God, the Bible. We serve a great God who helps lead us in living a great life by giving us promises and more that are more precious than any value that a person could put on it. Now, that's hard to say, right? Because there's a lot of things we put value on. This past week, I actually went down with my dad. We went to, to another uh, location on the southern part of Iowa. There's a guy that had bought a bunch of Highland cattle. And I shared with you many times that I have Highland cattle. And we're trying to raise those. 
obviously when we go down, it's a purchase price of what you're going to pay for that cattle. Now, it's important for us because what's the promise on all of it? The promise is from the calves, from having a bull calf and a heifer calf, that eventually the breeding process will happen and you will have a newborn calf. That is the promise of what has what you put value on. Okay, you can you see what I'm saying this morning? So there's value. See, there's even greater value what God is saying to us as mankind. You might be asking, Mike, so what so what's the great what's great? Why did I lose a loved one to something like this uh, from for instance for cancer? What's the value in it? That's a good question. To answer that question, I can't, but this is what I know. A person who is battling cancer holds on to the promises that have been spoken to them over from other people and also from the word of God. You don't have to be around anybody very long that is going through a difficulty in their life or some sort of illness or something that's going on that they go to the Bible and look for the promises and dearly hold on to them, even to the point if it means that a person will eventually lose their life. Ultimately, we all will lose our life unless the Lord comes in his return. We'll all see the grave. But the promise is that death is not its keeper, that, that our spirit, those of us in Christ, will immediately go with Jesus Christ into the heaven and be with the Father. That is the promise. Jesus sent the promise through his Son. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I... So here's some verses I want to share with you this morning. Some verses that I think hold on when we're going through difficult times. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. So that means no matter what the enemy does in our lives, no matter what the consequences say, a lot of times when we go through have illness, we obviously we want to put and blame it on the devil. But this is my thinking, and my dad has helped me see this. Sometimes it's just, it happens because of the fallen nature of man. Life happens. We get sick. We have our bodies break down. Trust me, I've got a new left knee, and i got to get a new right knee, and my body is, has been broken down by the work that I've done in my business. But we got to realize that there's a promise. Let's look at another one, Romans 8, 38-39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, folks, is a promise. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. I don't know about you, but man, that encourages me this morning. I want to give myself a big shout out, amen, over that one, because that is a promise. And I hope that today, maybe somebody is listening this morning, and you need to hold on. There's a promise. There's a verse. That verse fits me, Mike. I encourage you. That's Again, that's Romans 8, 38 through 39. And the other one that I read previously was Isaiah 41, 10. See, these promises hold us because the Father sent the promise giver, which was Jesus. The law wants to take away and lose sight of the promise in which the Father sent. When we go through struggles in our life, we can either ask Holy Spirit to help us and live in the nature of the Father, or we will live like the world and follow and a following nature itself, which is bitterness, anger, resentment to what life gives, and die a person unto their own selves. Hopefully this makes sense, but 
folks, it's essential for us to kind of get our minds wrapped around it. So that's let hopefully that makes sense to us this morning. Number two is this: the child has a father while a servant has a master. No servant could ever call out to his father, only master. If you are a slave or a servant, that person in charge will never be your father. When the sinner trusts Jesus and asks forgiveness of their sins, he receives what? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit literally dwells within that person. This past week, our, our office office manager brought in her daughter, just a beautiful young little girl. She's only four months old and has her mama's eyes without a doubt. That little girl lit up our office. She smiled. She gooed. Uh, like all babies do. I went over and talked with her, and she got a smile. I got a smile at her. But one thing for sure, all eyes were on her mama, a child to the net to their maternal parent. I was only a person trying to get the smile, and that's what's important for us to realize. The child gets recognition from the parent. Now, let's look at this, Romans 8, 15 through 16. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearless slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own child. Now, we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are his children. Now, isn't that pretty awesome? Immediately, when we ask Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of life, we now can call out to the Father of Heaven and call him Abba. He is Father. You go out over in the Jewish um, uh, communities and also too over to Israel, they will call their Father Abba. Uh, which means father. We we are now adopted into God's family. We are born by the Spirit into the family of God. We are the children of God. You know, one of the well, I can remember growing up in the Nazarene Church, and one of the songs I man, I could just all, almost sing it verbatim. But one of them, I always enjoyed this. We are part of the family of God. Now, many of you lights are going on right now as I say that. One of the lyrics says this: "I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God." I've washed by the fountain and can cleanse by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I am part of the family, the family of God. See, that's what's so cool when you grow, when you become part of a church and a Christian community. You can start calling each other literally brothers and sisters. I remember that back in the older days and when I did attend the Nazarene church. They would say, hey, Brother Mike, or hey, Sister Josephine, or whatever. That's And why? Because we're now brothers and sisters in Christ. We're now adopted with Jesus himself. See, a slave, a person who lives in the law or religion, can never understand calling Yahweh, which is father or papa. He's the ma- he is the master, and they have to live according to the rules of the religion. That's not what Paul was trying to say. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Only God can send his son to fill our hearts. And when that happens, we receive and understand the glimpse of what it means to have a joy-filled life. Now, here's the third one. The child obeys out of love while the servant obeys out of fear. Okay, the spirit works into the heart of the believer to, to quicken and to increase his love for God. The Holy Spirit is what produces that love. You can't do that within your own self. Only the Holy Spirit can do that to increase the love for God. Now, Romans 5 5 says this, And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts full of love. 
Again, folks, only the Holy Spirit can do that. God proved his love by sending his son and for his son to die for our sins. This love sustains us as we do life on this earth. Hopefully that Hopefully that's kind of clicking for you guys this morning. See, a child loves his parents, and by the love, they are obedient, right? We want to please and honor them. That's what children do. That love isn't based on out of obligation or from out of fear, but that love is based on the parent's actions with the child. And that's what we see with the Father. We see that with Jesus Christ. He becomes our Father. We are His children. And out of that, we become obedient. Now, remember, a parent also disciplines a child because of love. That creates boundaries and measures that a child must follow. Those boundaries and measures come from the Bible, and it's God's love for us that is written word from God itself. So, without a doubt, God disciplines his children. And a lot of times people don't see it that way. It's essential. Think about with your own children. How important it is for you when you raise your children, when they're under your feet, that you raise them in such a way, not in harsh discipline so that it's done out of fear, but out of love. You do those things. Don't touch that because you'll get burnt. Don't go outside because I want to make sure I'm with you so you don't go out in the street. You created a boundary. It's all out of love that creates that. And I'm hopefully that it kind of helps us a little bit this morning. Now, here's the fourth one. A child is rich while the servant is poor. As children, God has made us heirs because we are adopted and placed as sons and daughters of the family of God, like I just shared with you earlier. We then inherit the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 1, 7 puts it this way. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son to forgive us our sins. Man, that's pretty huge when you think about the price that was paid. Undeniable, there's no surmountable amount of money that can begin to cover what Christ did, the work he did on the cross. God's grace was bought by the blood of his son. We are also rich because we share in the riches of his glory. Now, what I mean by that comes from um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, and says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, that's essential. See, Paul... Paul was that the people of Philippi supplied their basic needs. When you read that context, they supplied food, water, and shelter for Paul. But God would supply all his needs that he needed at the riches of his glory. God isn't limited to just one need, but can supply all of our needs. God's riches aren't monetary or singled out to earthly possession. No, the Bible says that the God will supply a place for us in heaven, that we will be supplied by the glory of his Son throughout all eternity. Earth, folks, is not your home. Those of us that are in faith in Jesus Christ, earth is not your home. In the end, that's all that matters. We take nothing from earth with us. Everything is left. Our gift to the Lord is the obedience of the life that we live on earth. That is the gift that we bring to him. And that is also the measure in which will be the gifting will be given to us of what we did for him on earth. Now, I hope as we look at that, that doesn't create bondage and that doesn't create... No, it doesn't. Again, I'm not saying works makes us have more. It's out of the obedience of faith that gives us the, the precious gifting that God does. Now, here's the last one this morning, number five. The child has a future while the servant doesn't. A good master would sometimes provide for their servant a place to finish their life, take care of them in their old age. This was not always the case, but a good master would do that. 
But as children of God, we have a future with the Son. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 says this, Now I am coming to you for a third time, and I will not burden you. I don't want what you have. I want you. After all, children don't provide for their parents. Rather, parents provide for their children. That is a lot when you think about that, right? I think about my own children, my own kids. Now they're adults and they have children. But that, that same fatherly presence, that same wanting to gift my children, that has not escaped me because I still, I still gift my oldest children. But I also love my grandchildren as well. And that gifting goes on. But I continue to provide. And that's, that is so true. Even my father, who is now 81 years old, loves his children well. He still provides. Dad will do whatever he can to help us in these moments. I think that helps give us a glimpse today of how that looks. See, the Father loved us so much that he sent his Son, Jesus Christ, which we know out of John chapter 3.16. So I hope today that that kind of gives you a little bit of a glimpse in the urgency of the letter that Paul wrote to the Galatian church. That we don't live under the bondage of the law, that we live under the grace of Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't have to do anything for it. All you got to do is ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. Then you have a changed life and you're transformed and no longer you live in sin. No longer do you, are you wanted to move into sin, but you want to live in obedience. That's the key. Transformation in a life lived. I pray that I'm never the same Mike that I was in 22 as I am the Mike beginning of 23. And the same thing will happen when 24 comes again, so if the Lord allows. That I'm constantly in the transformation, I'm constantly changing, so that I might please the Father. You know, folks, when we really get down to this, this is living. We only get one shot on this earth. We only get one chance at what we do in this life. I, fo I pray, folks, that you make a choice today, that you truly allow Jesus Christ to be, number one, the Lord and Savior of your life, and you don't have to live under the bondage of religion, but you live under the precious gift of God's grace. That is the resounding theme throughout Galatians. I hope that brings some clarity to you this morning as we dig in deep on these pieces of passages in the Bible. But let me pray with you this morning. Dear Jesus, again, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the opportunity that we can speak and speak the words that you spoke from Brother Paul as he spoke to the Galatian church. The same thing applies to the Galatian church way back when Paul walked the earth as it does to, for us today of where we live. I pray that those that are listening to me that live a transformed life, that they don't feel like they're under the bondage of the law. They have to do, but all we have to do is be. That's what God wants us to do, is to live a life for Him. That we don't have to live under bondage of religion. We don't have to live under the bondage of law, but we can live under the gift of grace. I thank you for that, Lord. That's a promise, and we believe it today by faith. In your name we pray. Amen. Folks, we're going to continue. we got two more weeks of This Is Living uh, teaching series. It's been good. We're going to talk about next week, Chapter 5. Just some really, really good stuff. You don't want to miss out on it. Again, a reminder, Warrior Breakfast next Saturday, February 4th, Lighthouse Church, 8 o'clock, New Sharon. Don't miss it. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries.